we're back, right? We'll continue on with Dr. Day. Noah and his wife and Noah's three sons and their wives. It was the only ones that got on that gigantic boat, which was like 530 feet long and about 80 feet wide. And I don't know how many stories high. And again, if that was for a local flood, <laughs> this, I mean, again, you see how these doctrines, they are just made out of nothing. And again, you, the people, people can't study the Bible truly and believe these kinds of things. But Noah had said it found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then it talks about the generations of uh, Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth. And so this is, um, this is again how we can gauge how old the earth is since uh, humanity was created. So God told Noah to build a boat. Now, a lot of people say, well, God gave us a brain so we could use it. We could figure out what to do. No, no, no. God gave us a brain so we could do what God figured out we should do. You will notice when God told Noah to build the boat, he didn't allow Noah to make any decisions about how the boat was to be built. He didn't tell Noah to go and confer with the greatest boat builders on earth at that time. He told Noah how to build the boat. He told him how long, how high, how wide, what kind of wood, where the windows were to be. He told him everything. God did the same thing when he told Moses to build the sanctuary in the wilderness. God told him how many boards to use. He told them where <clears throat> where to put the nails. He told them um all about the priest's garments, even down to the tassel, the last tassel on the priest's garments. We are here on earth to learn to trust God and to live our lives for him, to do what he wants us to do, not what we want to do. When Jesus came to earth, he said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of him who sends me. That is why we are here on earth, to learn to know, not, not just to have a good time, not just to have fun, not even just to help people. We will automatically help people if we have the spirit, disposition, and character of Jesus Christ in our heart. We are here to learn to live, think, act, eat, and handle stress God's way and not our own way. We are not here to fulfill our own ambitions. We are here to learn to know God and to be one with him. So that is God told Noah exactly how to build the boat. He told Moses exactly how to build the sanctuary in the wilderness. And he is in charge of our lives completely. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Well, then how do all these Christians who believe in hell think that, um, uh, that, that God's not forsaking you if you're burning in hell? Well, of course, of course, he would be abandoning you. And, you know, if you want to worship a God who you believe is going to burn people in hell, you should realize that you are revealing your own heart. Because in, I think it's 2 Samuel 22, 
2 Samuel 22, God says, if you are righteous, you will see God as righteous. If you are pure in heart, you will see God as pure in heart. But if you are forward, perverse, you will worship a perverse God. So you worship a God just like yourself. If you want God to kill all these people, burn all these people in hell, that's because you have a perverse heart. And almost every Christian in the world believes that. And that's what all the churches teach. But we worship a God that is just like ourselves. And if we want to see others burn in hell, then that's the kind of God we worship. God says, I'm not like that. My ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and I will never leave you or forsake you. So now we'll end, and I'll look and see if we've got any questions here. Again, the questions have to be um, on the issues that we talked about here. Let's see. Um, uh, how many weeks will the Bible study go on till we get the, to the end of the Bible or until they haul me away or whatever? But we're going to keep doing this indefinitely. Uh, will the meetings be recorded? How do I access the recording? Um, again, if you go, the first one is available. The second one, apparently on some computers, it's available without a passcode. On others, it requires a passcode, which we don't have on there yet. But we'll get this all worked out. If you go to where it says on my website, free Bible studies, you click there, it takes you to a page. If you go down to the bottom of that page and click where it says, click here for the video Bible studies, you click there and you will go there and that's where you find it. Okay. Um, What, let's see, will the people who have been resurrected first eventually get to reunite with the people in the second resurrection once they reap what they sow? Of course, that's what it's all about. God says he's the savior of all mankind. Uh, eternity will be on this earth. God will recreate this earth and everybody will live on this earth. You'll say, well, there are a lot of people ever since creation. Yes, but there will be no more oceans. Apparently, oceans came in with the flood. And God says he will, the, the, the oceans will no longer be. There will be plenty of space on the earth for everybody to live. We're not going to be living in houses anyway. We're not going to be wearing clothes. We're going to have covered by light, just like Adam and Eve were before they sinned. Uh, we're not going to need shelter because the, um, the, the uh, weather will be perfect. So we can go any place in the universe we want. So there'll be plenty of space for all the people and everybody will be together and everybody you have ever loved will be there. God's not going to take anything away from us that is good. And people say, well, what about the animals? The Bible doesn't say that God will restore our pets, but I believe that God will because he, that's what he does. He does things that people want and love why would he withhold that we know there are going to be animals in heaven and animals on the earth so probably god will also restore any of your pets that have died in the past you'll see and you'll see all your loved ones they'll eventually all be there how will they reap what they sow well if you killed somebody you're going to have to go through that torture yourself 
And it will probably, Bible doesn't tell us how God will do that, but uh, it will probably be done by all the methods that the evil people in DARPA and all those other organizations are putting together now, where they can uh, kill people from a distance, where they can torture them from a distance. And so God will probably turn that technology back on the ones who uh, manufactured and developed it. And that's the way they will reap what they sow. If you have killed somebody, you're going to go through all the fear and pain that that person went through when they were killed. Uh, what will the people who were resurrected first do in heaven when they arrive there? Will they have jobs and responsibilities? I don't know. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us that, but I'm sure there will be, first of all, you're going to be able to meet everybody who's ever lived. That'll take quite a while. And then you'll be able to travel to any place in the universe, which is vast. So uh, it's not going to be like this earth. Again, there's sense knowledge where we think, you know, in the, in the ways that we have with our five senses. And then there's revelation knowledge. Everything is going to be different, except we're going to recognize everybody. We're going to re- remember what happened on this earth because that's why we'll not sin again. And so, but jobs, you know, you're not going to be a clerk in a grocery store. Uh, and there's not going to be any doctors because nobody's going to be sick. Okay. Um, why do male animals have nipples, not only human males? We don't really need to take time to discuss that. It's the same sort of thing. How will people reap what they sow in the second resurrection? We already discussed that. Am I breaking the Sabbath if I work at my job that day? Of course. Of course you are. So God says we have to put all secular things aside. And, you know, there was somebody who asked the question. They said, well, Jesus broke the Sabbath because he healed on the Sabbath. Well, that's what the Pharisees accused him of. Jesus said the Pharisees were putting terrible burdens on it. Jesus endorsed the Sabbath. He made the Sabbath. He made it holy. He's the one who makes the rules. If you believe the Pharisees instead of believing Jesus, then you're really on the wrong track. Jesus said came to relieve people from sickness and sin causes sickness. Sin causes sickness because we want to eat, live and handle stress our way rather than God's way. So uh, uh, let's see. I am reading the King James Bible and it doesn't include the age that Cain died. Uh, just just keep keep reading. Um, uh, were Cain and Abel twins? Well, we, no, we just read that. We just read that first Eve gave birth to Cain, and then later she gave birth to Abel. They were not twins. Um, if we die and we are dead, then how do you explain about instances when getting in? Oh, well, we, we discussed that last time. I told you hypoxia, which is low oxygen when you're sick. Or when you're near death, you have low oxygen and you can hallucinate. Uh, let's see. Can you please clearly define enmity and inequity? Well, we didn't talk about inequity. Talked about enmity. That is when you have put enmity between Satan and the woman. That means antagonism. They are at odds with each other. They are not friends. They are enemies. That's what enmity is. Is um, Let's see. 
where can we find evidence that there were giants on the earth? We just read it. It's in Genesis. Read it. It's right there. Um, what is the light that covered Adam and Eve? I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't LED light. Um, and again, that's kind of inconsequential. Um, is the mark of Cain the same as the mark of the beast? No, it's not. God formed man and breathed breath into his nostrils. How long of a period of time may this have been? How long does it take to breathe breath into somebody's nostrils? The days of creation were not long periods of time. I know there are some denominations. I think the Jehovah's Witnesses believe that that the days of creation were long periods of time. Well, that doesn't make any sense either, because um, if they were long periods of time, then um, uh, things could not grow without light and all that. So it, it just doesn't make any sense. Why would it have to be if God can create anything? Uh, in long periods of time, why can't he create it? He said he spoke and it was so. Why do we have to? See, that is an attempt to try to have some um, way to make evolution okay. I think the Catholic Church has done that. Oh, well, you know, uh, God created matter, but then it evolved. No, it didn't. God created everything. He spoke it into existence. So we don't have to have long periods of time. It says the evening and the morning were the first day. Why can't we just believe that? I thought that God was displeased with Cain's offering because it was fruit from the ground. Maybe it was rotten. No, no, no. Again, God was displeased with Cain because he decided to do it his own way rather than the way God wanted it done. We displease God when we decide to go take drugs from doctors for our disease instead of changing the way we live, think, act, eat, and handle stress so we can actually get well. Um, Besides the Bible, does God communicate with mankind, with science, and other natural things as humans besides Jesus. I don't know exactly what that means, but God communicates with us all the time. We don't hear voices, uh, you know, people who are psychologically imbalanced hear voices, but God impresses things on our mind. But if you uh, are not tuned into the same wavelength of Jesus Christ, in other words, if you don't know him, you're not studying your Bible, you can't get these understandings of the impressions that God is giving you. Because God communicates with us through our brain. And if you're doing drugs or you're smoking pot or you're uh, drinking alcohol, God can't communicate with you through your brain at all. So you've got to have a mind that's clear. And then God can impress certain things on your mind. You can, he can bring thoughts to your mind that you know are not your thoughts. But again, they have to agree with the Bible. People say, oh, I live by the Spirit. I live by the Spirit. And the Spirit tells me what to do. Well, it's got to agree with the Bible. You can't live by your feelings. You can't just live by the Spirit. You've got to live by the Word of God. And so whatever the Spirit might tell you, it's got to agree with the Word of God. Okay. How did God communicate with people in Tibet and Africa? The seven-day week is immutable. The seventh-day Sabbath is a Sabbath, cannot be Sunday. Indeed, you are correct. And so um, I think, let's see if there are any other questions here. Do reptilians exist? As we just talked about that. 
We just talked this serpent seed is supposed to be these reptilians with even some um, people who are doing podcasts now about what's going on in the world talk about the reptilian serpent seed line. Uh, and these are supposedly Cain's offspring, which can never be saved, and they are evil. There is evil in the world. And this is the great controversy between Christ and Satan. But to suggest that God created people or even spirit beings, angels, that are beyond his ability to save them, then, then you're worshiping a God that's about this big. You might as well be a plastic thing on your dashboard in your car. That's not God. There's nothing impossible with God. That's what the Bible says. God is, God is the savior of all mankind. God is reconciling all to himself. So there is nobody beyond the reach of God. And this whole serpent seed, which is uh, what you're talking about here, about reptilians and all, that is all what we've been talking about today. And in order for that to be true, you've got to call God a liar. and You've got to turn, make a lie out of everything in the Bible practically. Just wonder, how did God talk to Noah? Did he talk to him as we talk to each other? No, uh, undoubtedly not. God, God, again, impresses things on our mind. Well, Moses, uh, apparently God talked to Moses. It, I don't know whether it was audible or not. But again, God talks to everybody, but most people can't hear him. But he doesn't talk in an audible voice. It's a still small voice, which means it's an impression on your mind. And if you are not alert, and if you are not in sync with God, you don't get any information from him. Um, Why is heaven in Orion? I just told you that I don't know that heaven is in Orion, but I gave you the reasons for why it may be there. And it says eternity will be there. No, no. I told you that heaven is a temporary place. Eternity will be on this earth. God will recreate this earth. It tells us that in the Bible. If we die and that's it, then how do we have the second resurrection or reap what we sow? I didn't say when we die, if that's it. I said there's a first resurrection for the righteous Those who died knowing the Lord very well, they will go to heaven when Jesus comes. The second resurrection is after the millennium. Those are the unsaved who will be resurrected for the great white throne judgment and reap what they've sown until they recognize their need for Jesus Christ to run their life. When I said, when you're dead, you're dead, I didn't say you'd never be resurrected. But again, this is not reincarnation. You don't come back as a bug or a dog or a horse. You come back as yourself. Um. How is it possible to see Orion from all parts of the Earth? I don't know. I'm not an astronomer, but that's what they say. You just have to study some astronomy. Can you please explain where Cain's wife came into existence? Well, Cain, uh, Cain's wife was obviously his sister. Uh, and again, you say, ah, 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 he married his sister? Well, that wasn't bad back then. The reason people should not marry close relatives now is because there's so much damage to the DNA from 6,000 years of sin that you could have a child who is mentally uh, ill or has brain damage or whatever because there's so much damage to the DNA that two close relatives get together and they might have a child like that. But this is the second generation since creation. So Adam and Eve had many brothers and sisters, uh, many children, and Cain married his sister. But that wasn't a problem back then because there wasn't all the sin and the DNA damage. 
Um, let's see. Um, if all of life is God's plan, what, why does he allow terrible things to happen to innocent people, especially children, if it's not our free will? Okay, again, in order to really understand this, you're thinking about this in sense knowledge. Once you get to know God, you'll, you'll understand it better in revelation knowledge. Why do parents discipline their children to turn them back to right doing? Everything even that happens to children now, and again, children are the offspring of their parents How much are those children's parents associated with God? How much are they studying their Bible? How much are they reading their Bible every day? Are they keeping the Seventh-day Saturday Sabbath? Are they paying their tithes, which we'll go into later? God wants a tenth back of whatever we uh, earn. He's given us everything. He only asks for a tenth back. And so if we're doing, if we're a living, eating and handling stress God's way, if we're learning how to forgive everyone who's ever wronged us, if we hold no malice towards other people, if we give up anger and grudge holding, if we give up fear and anxiety and learn to trust God with everything in our life, then we are protecting our children by doing that. If, if parents don't have any connection with God, their children are just as much as they are. Uh, subject to random violence by Satan. If you want to protect your children, turn to God and get to know him and teach your children about God, because that's the way we do it. God is disciplining the world. And I said last time that, that the only way that the population of the world will be safe from sin for eternity is if everybody has had enough close association with evil that they decide they don't want it anymore. That's the only way. So we have to have enough evil until we say, don't want it anymore. I want Jesus Christ to run my life. What people want now is they just, oh, don't give me any pain. I don't even want uh, a little bit of discomfort. Oh, if if God does anything to me that I don't want, then then he's a bad God. Well, God is going to get you where he wants you sooner or later. It's you who decides how much pain it will take to get you there. And I can tell you, it took a lot of pain for me to get there. I had the terrible pain of that tumor. And I had finally got to the point where I recognized my need for Jesus Christ to run my life. Um, if a person willingly chooses to worship Satan as their God, can they still be saved? Well, not while they're worshiping Satan. Yes, when they finally decide that they are sick and tired of Satan running their life who will absolutely destroy them. And then they will recognize their need for Jesus Christ to run their life. Um, Oh, again, this time we're talking about, we talked about unclean and clean meats before. We're not going to talk about that again this time. Let's see. Um. um, somebody's asking how they bridge the spiritual divide between them and their relatives. Well, only God can open the heart. You just pray. You just live the life and you pray. You pray that God will open their hearts, uh, the, your relatives' hearts, and they may have to go through a lot of bad times. Don't enable them through those times. Don't enable them. 
And they God has to get them to the point where they recognize their need uh, for him to run their life. So God knows how to do that. You can't open the heart of another person. As I told you, I think in a previous meeting, um, I developed cancer in 1993. I got well God's way through a very big struggle. And I have all that information on my website at uh, drday.com. That was in 1993. My brother, who's my only sibling, developed um, cancer in 2001. And so I told him, you know, just gave him all my stuff, read all my stuff. He says, I'm not going to do that. Only stupid people do it the way you did it. I'm going to go to doctors. He got chemo and radiation, and two years later he died. I couldn't open my own brother's mind, but my brother will realize when he comes back in the second resurrection and he still has cancer that he's going to have to learn how to do it God's way. When you die with cancer, you're going to come up with cancer. God's not going to just wave a magic wand and say, oh, well, it's okay. You don't have to learn how to do it my way. I'll just wipe it away. And People don't learn that way. People learn through pain. Um. If the Earth is only 6,000 years old, why do scientists tell us that the dinosaurs roamed the Earth millions of years ago? I think we went through that last time. Um, You know, the scientists don't. Science is constantly changing. The things that I learned in science when I was in medical school are all wrong now. You know, when uh, years ago, when women had breast cancer, they not only took off the breast, they took off all the nodes under the arm. Women ended up with these gigantic arms because they had no lymph nodes and their lymph uh, uh, caused tremendous swelling. So the arm was useless except for a paperweight. And so then they said, oh, well, that didn't work. Oh, now we'll just do a not a radical mastectomy. We'll do a simple mastectomy. We won't take all the nodes out. Yeah, well, what about those, all those women who are left with these gigantic arms? Well, you know, well, we don't do it that way anymore. Science is constantly changing. I talk about that on my DVD called Double Blind, What Science Can't See. The things that were supposedly scientifically true when I was a medical student are no longer true. Everything's changed since then. So, oh, I'm going to depend on science. Well, science is constantly changing. The only science that is true is the science that agrees with the Bible. Because God is the author of true science. Satan is the author of evolution and billions of years uh, that the earth is old, that humanity is old, dinosaurs. All of that, that is of Satan. It is not of the Lord. So, again, there is a great controversy between Christ and Satan. What is happening in the world now is the, the, um, the war between good and evil, the uh, war between Christ and Satan. God has given Satan the ability to run almost everything in the world right now because people have rejected God. They have turned their back on God. And so God says, okay, if you don't want me, I'll let you see how it is for Satan to run your world. So get ready, folks, because it's going to get a whole lot worse. We discussed that all in Revelation when I did a Revelation series, and I've got those Revelation series on my website at goodnewsaboutgod.com. They are in text form. They are not in video form, but you can start studying about it right now. You can see what's going to happen. 
God tells us very specifically in the books of Daniel and Revelation what's coming, and it is not going to be good. So God will test us very strongly to see if we'll stand for him. So all of this is not about taking America back and getting our guns out and going and doing protests and and all of that. It is about turning to God. That is going to be your only safety through what is coming, because those who truly trust God, he promises our bread and water will be sure. They're going to take away all of our food. They're going to take away all of our water. They're going to do all of those things. This is called population extermination. That's what's going on. So your only salvation is to get to know God. And if you want to protect your family, that's the way to do it, because God knows exactly what's coming, and he has promised us that he will protect us through this. Now, this doesn't mean that nothing bad will happen to us. But the only bad things that can happen to us, as I said last time, is what God wants us to go through to strengthen our character, and he promises to go through it with us. But we will not be subjected to the random violence of Satan. So we'll end on that note that God is truly a God of love, and he's going to save the whole world. And if you don't like that, that means you have a heart that is the opposite of the heart of Jesus Christ. So we are on earth to get to know God so he can put his disposition, his character, his heart into us so we become like him. Thank you very much. I'll see you next Monday at 6 o'clock Pacific time. Thank you. Well, thank you, Dr. Day. And uh, I, I think we're about to come up on the break, and uh, that was time pretty well. It's almost like having her here live again. And maybe we'll do some more of this uh, in the future at some point. But um, I, especially since it had been her birthday. And I just uh, wanted to share that with everyone because so many times I hear people believing in this. And they want to pluck out, you know, one doctrine here and one there. And and uh, she ties it all together to show you. And others are, are like that, too. They find just believe in the Bible and keep praying and studying. And he'll show you where your inaccuracies are not his see how it all ties together like we were talking about giants and she was saying about the people being larger and we're still thinking okay uh giant human beings but what about all these giant skeletons of serpents and feathered serpents that cross a whole continent and uh, these fossils happen very quickly and all to do with the flood so we just have so much to learn. And, um, whoops, did we miss a break, Sam? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, when we come back, I'll, uh, uh, I want to talk about what we're told, uh, pretty much about what Jesus looked like when he was on the earth.
are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. My name is John, I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. American Freedom News is your daily website that will keep you fully informed on what both the good guys and bad guys are doing in the information war in which we are all engaged. Fed up with the lies of the fake news media and the censorship of big tech giants? American Freedom News is the solution as we provide truth and knowledge on all the vital issues of the day. American Freedom News believes in America first. The establishment wants us split into numerous hostile groups rather than uniting in a common cause against the corrupt oligarchy that is plundering America and the world. Many more Americans are waking up and realizing they are the victims of the ongoing Great Replacement and Great Reset. But the malevolent forces trying to systematically destroy America can and will be defeated. Be fully informed by reading American Freedom News, the best news and information site on the Internet. Go to AmericanFreedomNews.us and find out for yourself. That's AmericanFreedomNews.us. there are you gonna wait till the cows come home to get your new ease off drop and lift what in the world is an ease off drop and lift our ease off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control that sounds great but can i afford it sure and the ease off installs fast the effortless operation will reduce fatigue speed up your line and increase profits okay i'm convinced where can i get my ease off go to easeoff.com that's e-a-z-e-o-f-f.com and hurry because we're offering free shipping for a limited time easeoff.com we make pigs fly Cows too. Ease off LLC four one seven nine three two six four one nine.
Okay, we're back here, and um, here are three verses that are offered from the Bible that describe Jesus when he was on earth. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces for him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. And that is from Isaiah 53, which I have on good authority. Isaiah 53 is never read in a synagogue. Because that would prove all their lies. And they can't have that. Uh, This was from a Friends of Israel host on BCY America. And I can't stand all this stuff of a... You know, just like Germany, how they make uh, the Jews out to be this poor, eternal victim when they're the instigators. It's just, uh, they're the Antichrist. They act like the Antichrist. No, not all of them and all this other stuff. And so then, in verse 40 of Luke, the second chapter, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And verse 52, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now, this was after they had come back from taking him for the first time to Passover at the age of 12 rather than 13. And if you remember the story, he, um, or the actuality, he um, was being taught and listened and uh, was conversing with these elders and perhaps even Rabbi Hillel, who uh, basically said the the uh, golden rule uh, that the Jews will quote that because he said it. But, uh, you know, where did he get it from? Maybe he got it from Jesus, a 12-year-old Jesus. But his parents, they had already been out on the road heading back to Nazareth and just assumed he was with some of the other people. And when they stopped for the night, he wasn't there. So they went back to Jerusalem, and I think it took them two days before they found him there in the temple. And they were worried about him, and he said, um, you know, that they shouldn't be, that wist you not that I must be about my father's business. So um, from what I can tell, they didn't have the rest of the children. They had six more children at least because they talk about daughters daughters and sons. Um, I think they didn't have them until after then. You know, they knew they were um, entrusted with the Son of God and um, so they, and the Son of Man. And so they um, apparently were concerned about that. And so then <clears throat> this also gave them to know that, you know, he was protected and he had to be about his father's business. But he went back with them, it says in the Bible, and listened to them. And they raised him and taught him. And, and a lot of times when we hear about the, uh, you know, it's all about carpentry. Well, the word is very similar to masonry. So he may have been both. Um, and that may be part of this masonry spinoff as well as Solomon's temple. But the f- third verse, and uh, well, it's two verses. And it's in Revelation, the first chapter, Verse 13, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. Verse 14, his head and his hairs were white like wool, 
as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And then it goes on to talk about how his feet were shod like with brass, too. So this is how he appeared in the spirit to John on Patmos. And so people um, are taking this, and I heard a caller saying, oh, he's brown and he had woolly hair. Well, that's not how he was described. Um, he isn't described anyway in the Bible, except from what I, uh, what I just read. But <clears throat> I have some more information uh, from other sources. But it reminded me of this fellow that calls himself Bishop Larry Gators. Now, he did some really good work about Kobe Bryant and everything, and I thought it interesting. And working with Jason Goodman, but it became clear. And he was always perspiring and wiping his head and saying, oh, he was anointed. No, he was lying. And it became clearer and clearer. And he, uh, one of the things that really became noticeable, he said um, um, that um, Margaret Sanger was at this meeting. And the picture he showed was clearly photoshopped, had photoshopped her in there in this chair or whatever. And people in the chat and everything were like, that's photoshopped. And Jason Goodman is telling him that that's that's not real, you know. And he kind of defended it. But what really brought it home to me about his, um, and then more recently, um, Jesse Sapoder was on there. And he was, she was saying, preach it, Bishop. And he was saying Jesus was brown and he had woolly hair. <clears throat> and that Michelangelo was homosexual and his lovers who um, model posed as the model <clears throat> and the paintings of Christ and they were to lighten the skin up and and all this. And so, like I said, there's where the woolly hair came from. It's talking about in Revelation, in the future and in spirit that John saw. <clears throat> so he didn't have woolly hair when he was on earth. And there's a very interesting um, YouTube lady I came across and uh, listened to it now it's about 34 minutes so we're not going to play it today but there's some other ones I might play she has a very nice voice and accent too uh, but on YouTube it's uh, P-S-I-M-O-N-E-L it's her site and I listened to a thing she had just uh, put out about four days ago earlier today I was listening and and she said she's had the site about 14 years and always had, you know, however much, maybe up to 5,000 people. Uh, but suddenly, over this bit that I'm going to read you part of, but uh, I will later, like I said, sometime play a little longer, more versions of stuff from her. But um, 325,000 people suddenly interested in this, how Jesus appeared or how we're told he appeared. Uh, in some things, and this is a letter from Pontius Pilate to uh, Tiberius Caesar, and um, <clears throat> Tiberius Caesar. And this is in the uh, this is a reprinting of a letter from Pontius Pilate to, Pi to Tiberius Caesar, describing the physical appearances of Jesus. Copies are in the Congressional Library in Washington D.C. To Tiberius Caesar, a young man appeared in Galilee, preaching with humble unction a new law in the name of the God that had sent him. At first I was apprehensive that his design was to stir up the people against the Romans, but my fears were soon dispelled. Jesus of Nazareth spoke rather as a friend of the Romans than of the Jews. One day I observed in the midst of a group of people a young man who was leaning against a tree, calmly addressing the multitude. I was told it was Jesus, 
This I could easily have suspected, so great was the difference between him and those who were listening to him. His golden-colored hair and beard gave to his appearance a celestial aspect. Now, in another writing, it says that um, it was lighter colored, but probably sunburnt is why it was lightened, too. Um, celestial aspect, yeah. He appeared to be about 30 years of age. Never have I seen a sweeter or more serene countenance. Okay, where am I here? What a contrast between him and his bearer, his bearers, oh, the hearers, it should be, with their black beards and tawny complexions, exclamation mark. Unwilling to interrupt him by my presence, I continued my walk, but signified to my secretary to join the group and listen. Later, my secretary reported that never had he seen in the works of all the philosophers anything that compared to the teachings of Jesus. He told me that Jesus was neither seditious nor rebellious, so we extended to him our protection. He was at liberty to act, to speak, to assemble, and to address the people. This unlimited freedom provoked the Jews, not the poor, but the rich and powerful. Okay, let me scroll down here a little bit. Later, I wrote to Jesus requesting an interview with him at the Praetorium. He came when the Nazarene made his appearance. I was having my morning walk, and as I faced him, my feet seemed fastened with an iron hand to the marble pavement, and I trembled in every limb as a guilty culprit, though he was calm. For some time I stood admiring this extraordinary man. There was nothing in him that was repelling, nor in his character, yet I felt awed in his presence. I told him that there was a magnetic simplicity about him and his personality that elevated him far above the philosophers and teachers of his day. Now, noble sovereign, these are the facts concerning Jesus of Nazareth, and I have taken the time to write you in detail concerning these matters. I say that such a man who could convert water into wine, change death into life, disease into health, calm the stormy seas, is not guilty of any criminal offense, and as others have said, we must agree. Truly, this is the Son of God, your most obedient servant, Pontius Pilate. So I thought that was a very interesting description. But to get back to, to Bishop Gator here for a minute, Larry Gator, um, you know, I watched some of his other things, and about halfway into one of them, he held up a book. <clears throat> it was Deanna Spingola's, and he said, um, Deanna Spingola is a doctor and a Jew. Well, clearly hadn't read any of the book. And uh, so I had sent this to Deanna, and um, uh, she didn't respond, uh, you know, at first. And then there was another one he put out, and he did the same thing right at the beginning of that one, that video. Said, uh, held up the book and said, Deanna Spangola, she's a doctor and a Jew. Right, and so I sent that one to her, and so that that was just a little too much. So she uh, went to his YouTube channel and commented, and I, I did get to save off one of the comments, but he quickly not only deleted the comments, but went into both of those videos and edited out what he had said using her. So it's just, um, you just have to hone your discernment, and, um, you know, it... Um, it's kind of a relief in a way because you learn who not to trust. And so why bother? Why bother consuming whatever they have and then try to figure out why you're sick? <laughs> why it doesn't match up? And um, 
you know, like with the reverse speech, we each have that ability in our subconscious to hear and understand and reflect upon what's being said. And it, it's just very important. And, and um, you know, there's, there's some of that going around where people talking about, uh, you know, infiltration and whatnot and Jews that we don't know they're Jews, but some of us do because the way they speak and everything. And yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. But we can still learn from them. And as long as they're not undermining, and some say they are, some of these fakers. And um, so we just have to be careful. That's all. Just have to prove their word. Now, like um, when I said about the Romanovs not being killed and what had happened to them, um, I received email about that and very unhappy that I had uh, said that with no backing. Uh, I think I was talking to Layla on the on the uh, during the show, but it, the email wasn't from her. <clears throat> but you do your own research. And some of what I had learned came from Fritz Springmeier. And um, he does a lot of really good work. And so it's it's worth looking into. But, um, you know, uh, it, it's, just, um, it's just part of life that we have to kind of sift through things and and what I said that's kind of good, though, is that it, it's a target-rich environment for mankind, you know, boycott, all grown up, all kind of things on the web, uh, stores, places to go, things to do, um, like don't take out a loan, <laughs> you, know, you know, just uh, you learn. And, but you have to listen to the Holy Spirit, the breath of holiness speaking to you. And that was something else that was said that, um, you know, uh, we need to quit talking about the Bible. I don't believe it's the uh, end-all, be-all. Well, Jesus Christ is the end-all, be-all in the stars and everything else. And the Bible is his word, God's word, Jesus' word to us. It's a love letter. And it's also the earth manual. It teaches us so many things. And again, with more prayer, reverence, and learning from it. Uh-oh, I wasn't going to take any callers, but I see Tom's here. So uh, I think I've got caught up on most of these things. Uh, rest can wait till another time. So how are you, Tom? Okay, just wanted to have you match, uh, let's see, Exodus 22, verses 29 through 31 describing the true order of sacrifice. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Lorraine talked about uh, Cain and Abel. But mm -hmm. if you go to Exodus 22, verse 29 through 31, I, that's the true order of sacrifice. It's also matching with the Isaiah 58, chapter 58. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, you know, I... Oh, okay. I'll, I'll look them up. And... and uh, I like what she said, her little catchphrase, uh, which I meant to say earlier, is we have to change the way we live, think, act, eat, and handle stress. So it's not only about what we eat, you know, right. but it is about what we eat. What we do, and if people, that's what we do all together. Yeah, yeah right. So gonna, and and we, if people we, choose to eat meat, well, then that's their choice, you know. And, um, uh, you know, someone tried to say that when I – when stat yelled at me about that he didn't even let me finish what i was saying that oh well you can't convert people to being a vegan or vegetarian well i wasn't trying to convert anybody at that time all i was no. saying was how you can get your amino acids the essential amino acids when you can't get meat even if you're a meat eater 
but you don't have to despair and think you can't survive because you can't, you know, find what you want to eat, you know? Also, other sources on describing Christ and the Christians go to Joseph, the complete works of Josephus, and then also I think there's, I'm not sure about the name, Plenary, the older Plenary, the younger, they kind of actually, how do you say, confirm what Pilate was saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if you've gone through that. I had the opportunity to sit with uh, James R. Charlesworth. He edited the uh, Pseudepigrapha, and, and uh, it was kind of fun to find these other sources of information, not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, canonized, but uh, at least reasonably credible, at least, because they were the secular uh, historians. Uh, anyway... Yeah, Thank you, you Tom. Yeah, the, the one thing I read there from Pontius Pilate, there's several other sources at this link. And what's curious is this link is kind of a, you know, kind of a figured kind of brown and tan background. And the picture drawing of Jesus at the top, they have like like the Turin cloth. And they also have what looks kind of like a brown, almost Asian man and uh uh, dark hair and everything, dark background. But there had been one that had a blue background, and he had the light hair, like was described, and blue eyes, like is described in some of these other other uh, expressions, uh, I guess you could call them. And, um, you know, so that had to be taken down, though. So there again, it's, it, you know, it's just more corralling. Um, but we need to think for ourselves. Like I was saying about Barry Gator, he's... You know, it's just not a trustworthy source, as it turns out, you know. I had enjoyed several of his uh, exposés, digging into things like Kobe Bryant and stuff. And, of course, you know, they predicted his, in a cartoon, he and his daughter would crash in a helicopter. And sure enough, that's how they died, you know. Well, in the end, we'll find out. So I'm not really panicked about those issues. But the fact is we need to just be living as merciful and as kind as we can. And then all these uh, finer details will be taken care of in the end. Mm-hmm. And it, what does it really matter anyway? What matters to me is how I live. And am I living, am I living worthy enough to receive the blessings or the promises? You know, and I like that one promise in Isaiah 58, verse 8. But if I'm doing the right thing, in other words, sacrificing or fasting, as the term is used there, then my health will spring forth speedily. So the the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the results. So if we're not getting those results, we need to reexamine the issues. Are we living at peace with creation, or are we bringing injury? Mm -hmm. It's kind of a karma thing. I hate to use the word karma because that's new age, but... The reality well, is, it's we, we, we reap what we sow. Yep, we reap what we sow, and that's uh, what Dr. Day said repeatedly, and uh, that's the fact of the matter is we have to reap what we've sown, and um, then he will universally restore everything. Why not? He's all-powerful. He created everything, you know, and to she spells it out in some of the other Bible studies, too, and reference from the Bible, how... There'll be like seven millennium. To me, it's like a week, right? Like a creation week. And then we have the end of the world week. But the weeks are 
each a thousand years. Yeah. You know, and I learned from my experience working in pathology, God created no junk. He didn't create any junk. Right. We are a right. miracle. We are, uh, we are miracle. the crown. We are the crown of creation. That's correct. Yep. Thank you, know, you for calling in. Yeah. You know, Thank you, Tom. Other machine that can fix itself. Only, only well, we're not a machine, right? We're we're the uh, crown of creation. <laughs> Again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Been fun. I hope you enjoyed it. And um, see you next week. That's the Danya. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. DrinkSuperTea.com. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit RepublicBroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.